0: Welcome to the Lab Rats podcast. You are now entering the maze. Yo yo. Hey hey. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Doing right. A little tired. Didn't get adequate sleep last night. What were your ratios looking like? Not great. I got like 30 minutes of deep sleep last Ooh. night. My aura is basically telling me that I'm about to die. <laughs>
1: How many total hours of sleep was it? Like five and a half, 520. Is that normal for you? No, no, I normally get more than that. Do you adjust your day based upon your sleep? So will you not work out today since you didn't get you know, sleep? I sleep? No, I didn't
0: until I got the aura mm-hmm. and... I try now to do like easier workouts when it tells me to take it easy. Yeah. Maybe just a light jog or something. Like that's what I did uh, yesterday. Okay. And yeah, the past two days this morning, it just, it told me take it easy because I haven't gotten good sleep. So I don't want to run myself down and risk getting sick. So I just take it easy. So today you're not going to work out then? Take it off to recover? No, I just, I just did a light jog this morning, like two miles. So
1: yeah, what about you? My sleep was adequate. Um the amount of sleep was not nearly as much as I wanted. It was 630, six hours and thirty minutes. But pretty good deep and rem. Three and a half of that was a mix of deep and rem and then two forty five was light. So I was pretty happy with the ratios there. So I just did um a benchmark wad today, Nancy. Have you done that one before? Oh, yeah, classic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a 400-meter run and then 15 overhead squats, five rounds. So I'm pretty sore from that. My legs are really sore. But it was good. It was good. All right. But let's talk more deeply about sleep.
0: Yeah. So – Sleep is really just the, it's characterized by changes in brainwave activity, breathing, heart rate, body temperature. And we go through these different cycles, these different patterns of sleep each night. Uh, There's four stages, Uh, light sleep, which really, um, well, stage one, I guess, is like really light sleep. That's just the period between awake and asleep. Uh, That's just a quick transition to the real first quantifiable stage of sleep, which is light sleep. Uh, that's when your brain activity and your heart rate starts to slow down. Takes up most of the night, about fifty percent. And then we get into stage three of sleep, which is deep sleep, or also called as slow wave sleep, because that's when your brain waves slow down uh, the most, uh, down to like theta brain waves. You spend about fifteen to twenty five percent of your sleep during this stage. It's the most restorative. Is that a word?
1: I think so. Restorative it's the restoration happens to the body. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You release human growth hormone. Your immune system um, produces uh, cytokines, which cytokines, cytokines. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but we'll roll with it. Uh, which helps fight sickness, infection. It makes your immune system stronger. So, uh, glucose regulation. So, all that happens in deep sleep. And then we get to the final stage of sleep, which is REM sleep. And you spend about 20, 25% of your night in REM sleep. And that's when dreams happen. Um, That's when we believe your memories go from short-term memory to long-term memory. So that's what a typical night of sleep looks like. And you go through... All of those stages,
1: like three, four. Four. I mean, it depends on how many hours of sleep you get tonight. But I think on average, it's like you go through four to five cycles, sleep cycles of those four stages, three stages each each night.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what, I mean, what
0: does the like research tell us on what these, what this should look
1: like and like how many hours we need each night? So I guess just for total sleep in general, looking at how much we need the kind of agreed upon range is a seven to nine. And I think it's important before diving in to note that really with anything health, nutrition, uh, fitness related across the board, there's no one size fits all. Um, it always just depends on you as an individual, whether you're male, female, the way, um, your genetic makeup is just what you did that day. Um, what's happening in your family life, what's happening at work. Um, your stress levels, there's so many different factors that play a role, um, in our health that there's no, there's no one size fits all. So when you see something like a guideline like this, like seven to nine hours, don't just assume, okay, as long as I get seven every night, I'm fine. It's like, no, maybe for you, you need nine every night or else you're not going to be fine. Yeah. So I, I just, as a general rule of thumb, that's kind of something important to note just going forward. But studies have shown that getting less than seven, that's where they see kind of um, people starting to have issues. Whether those are issues um, with immediate effects or whether those are kind of issues down the road, less than seven is kind of across the board when those start to kick in. And now there are people who, and first of all, most people are getting around seven, if not less. That's kind of the, the standard average Um, And people think that they are okay with that. They think people can get six hours consistently and think that they're getting by and they think they're feeling good. But reality shows, the research shows that really only a very small percentage of the population can get by with six hours or less and be okay. Um, There is a, a gene called the DEC2 gene, and there's a genetic mutation that happens with this specific gene, which the gene is, uh, plays a role in regulating your circadian rhythms. So less than 5% of the population has this mutation and can get by with less than six. So a lot of people think they probably can get by with less than six, but, um, the reality is, is that you probably need seven or more.
0: Yeah. And, and getting less than that seven really does take a toll on your body that I think a lot of people don't realize. I mean, there's some immediate effects that you notice, like lack of alertness, uh, impaired memory, or or ability to process information. Like for me, if I don't get enough sleep, I struggle to like find a word, yeah, qu- quickly. Mm-hmm. Stress and irritability. Um, you're just your general quality of life. You typically make poor decisions when it comes to diet. Um, you're just less focused, so I mean, more likely to get into car accidents. So those are some immediate effects, but. You know even if you can work through those there are long-term effects that is happening whether or not you feel feel it so high blood pressure diabetes uh, high risk of diabetes uh, that's associated with less deep sleep uh, um, risk of stroke obesity depression i mean these are all things that just accumulate over time with with li- with less than optimal sleep and it's it's actually accelerates the aging process i mean when you you, that sleep every night is when your body restores itself you know it, it creates new neurons in the brain and when you don't allow it to do that it basically simulates aging yeah
1: you're i mean each night you like we said you go through those four to five cycles if you're getting enough sleep that's you know you're going through rem multiple times a night getting that memory memory recall multiple times a night or deep sleep getting that that body the re- restoration of the body happening multiple times per night and if you're cutting that off you're getting a percentage of what you need and your body's just lacking on recovery and recall and these things like diabetes uh, heart failure strokes obesity all of these things kick in um, not immediately but over time they will kick in and these links in these studies have been just a lot more common. It's, it's been studied a lot more and it's just, it's scary to see that. And it makes, makes me want to get a lot more sleep than I, than I have been getting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, same here. I mean, one of the things that kind of shows us how important sleep is, is that you can go longer without, I think food and water than you can without sleep. Mm Yeah, I think, you know, you can go some people, you know, have gone 40 days without food, but you can go only about, I think, eight days with no sleep. Yeah, it's something that's often devalued. And so if we wanted to get into the rats experiment experience with this, we've had quite a bit of
1: experience with lack of sleep in the corporate setting. Mm hmm sleep we've we've experienced sleep def- deprivation to its finest oh we have we have so and i wonder how many years <laughs> when how many years it's taken off our lives i, I think don't know. Ho- hopefully we caught it early enough to where it's not gonna affect us long term but yeah yeah so we worked in uh corporate america big four accounting form um for multiple years and as you know maybe you don't know but January through April, uh, things get extremely busy. You're working. I personally, my, my worst week was, uh, plus 80 hours. I mean, I think you worked what 100 hour weeks at sometimes. times. You were, yeah. I had, a, I had a couple where I was over a hundred hours. Yeah. So you, you had a pretty, a lot rougher than I did, but when you're working that eight 80 to hundred hours a week, there is minimal time for sleep. Yeah. So my typical schedule was I would get up at
0: 4 a.m., go right to make coffee, go right to the table, work till about seven, and then I would get ready, go to the office, spend about 12 hours at the office, come home at seven, eat dinner, and then work till about midnight. And so not only was I literally only in bed, laying in bed for four hours max, uh, I was under unengaged incredible amount of stress so my actual sleep is probably two and a half to three hours that's that is atrocious and it's it's exhausting but i think more than anything is you lose like your ability to process information Mm -hmm. like you would if if you had gotten adequate sleep like your judgment is different you can't solve problems as well but you because it's like kind of a gradual thing you don't really notice it until after you come out of it yeah which I think is dangerous.
1: It was, so I don't think I've told you this, but I was um, this was this past busy season. I was driving home, so it was in, it was this is winter. Yeah, I was at night driving home. My commute's like 40, 40 minutes there, fifty minutes back is what my commute was. Okay. Um, so this is midwinter and um driving home, and there was, I think I got off fairly early that night. It was like nine o'clock, so it's an early night for us. Got off right. at nine. And this was after we had been working very late, late hours. Traffic was backed up and I kind of was falling. It was a kind of, it was snowing. There's a kind of a whiteout. I was following this truck in front, in front of me. I mean, paying attention, but I was sleep deprived. Like I had been sleep deprived for multiple weeks and he put his brakes on a few minutes later, not minutes, seconds later, I put mine on and I was like, it was, it was a sheet of ice. Like I was sliding, there was no stopping. Oh like I knew like there was no way I was gonna not hit the truck unless my car just moved. So I yeah I just barely turned my wheel because I didn't want to just turn it all the way because yeah because you just slide I thought I would just slide. So I barely turned my wheel. I took my brake my foot off and I started pumping the brake. I don't know if you're supposed to do that or not. I have no idea. Right. <laughs> um fortunately there was so their truck was right next right in front of me and there was an exit off to my right. So I was okay. aiming for that. I had this like small gap to to shoot for, and I, I I started turning a little bit, and I had no control. So I'm like, whatever, screw it. Like I just let go of my wheel. I was <laughs> I was like one. I knew my car was trashed. Like I knew it was done for. I knew it was gonna get yeah like hit, and I was just like, it's over. <laughs> like it's over. <laughs> I was going slow enough to where it wouldn't have hurt me. Like I knew I wasn't okay. gonna get hurt. I just knew my car would have been <laughs> trashed, and I just stopped everything. And I, my car slid right up the exit. Nobody was up there. It was was absolutely like, I mean, it was, it was an act of God that, that I was, that's so scary. But that goes to say that my reaction time was decreased. And because of my reaction time being significantly decreased, I, and that could have been a bad accident. I think a lot of accidents are
0: attributed to sleep deprivation because you're just less alert like you said your reaction times are slower um so not only do you have the like negative effects on your body but you can hurt yourself in other ways and other people
1: yeah because Mm -hmm. of it yes yeah it's Um, um yeah it's really when you you're just in this fog if you go for an extended period of time without the sleep like you know how you feel i mean you i mean you know how you feel but i guess for our listeners when you have an all-nighter or you stay up for over 24 hours just how you feel that next morning when you don't sleep it's just like you just feel like crap but that's how you feel yeah. literally all the time when you're when you're working like the like the hours that we were working like yeah that's your constant feeling 24 7 sleeping doesn't fix it because you're not getting enough sleep
0: yeah uh, yeah there was this uh, this was like probably one of my worst nights i was up trying to solve this problem because it had to be re- it had to be sent to the partner by 9am the next morning or something um, and I, I was trying to figure out something wasn't tying out and I was just it was driving me nuts I could not figure it out so I stayed up till 4.30am trying to f- solve this problem I thought I got to the end I hit enter and everything I'd done for the past four hours was a giant circular reference <laughs>
1: Oh man! Like I could have gone to bed at midnight. I solved nothing. If you can't tell, we're accountants. Yeah, <laughs> nothing worse than a yeah. reference. Uh, it's nothing I, worse than a circular reference. Oh man! <laughs> but so, uh, so
0: I, I like went to bed and I had to be up. I don't know. I, th- I, I slept for an hour and a half. I remember that yeah. night. I slept for an hour and a half. Got up, tried to work at it, and then it ended up. I, I think I was able to. I, I don't even remember what happened. I think I sent it anyway. <laughs>
1: but I I think a lot of that was due to sleep deprivation. Like I I couldn't even think what I was doing. It's the simplest things. It's it's like, it takes so much time. Like it would be so much more effective if you went home at even eight o'clock and got some sleep, like six hours. It's better. Like you can actually function on, well, to a degree on six hours versus three, two hours. Right. But anyway, that's, that's kind of the extreme example when we're not in that busy season for me personally i i get around well, i get around 7 is what um on average i get but i feel best at 7:45 to 8 hours a night so for my um lifestyle how much kind of exercise i do my diet my genetic makeup 7:45 to 8 is what works best for me how i feel best that's what i aim for every night i don't always hit it um what what's what's your kind of trend what do you shoot for and what what do you feel best with
0: yeah so my average is six and a half which is not great Mm -hmm. um and i if i'm getting between six and seven like i can function but i don't feel good i don't feel at my optimal Mm -hmm. um i feel best at between like seven and seven and a half i honestly don't feel good like at between eight and nine you think that's gonna be too much for you? i don't know i just feel like groggy all day but between that seven seven and a half, that's really my sweet spot. If I get under six, I I noticeably feel terrible.
1: So yeah, I track my sleep. So before I had always tracked using Fitbit, um, and then I stopped using that for a while, and then more recently I started tracking with the the Whoop band. So that's how I track yes. my sleep, and it shows kind of what it thinks my sleep needs should be. It's a little bit higher than what I think. Um, it has me in the mid. Eight, so like eight and a half 845 is what it, it thinks I need I'm a I, I think a little under that is is more accurate just based upon how, on how I feel but I mean it has more information than I do so that might be better aligned with what I need um, it, does you use the aura does that do something similar tell you what you should aim for each night?
0: Not that I know of it just basically gives me a readiness score based on sleep primarily okay the next day. So using that, it it I can figure out how much I need. Okay, and it's it really gives me a good sleep score if I get over seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the ordering is fantastic. I love it because it's uh, it's small. It's really light. I mean, I don't work out with it, but you know, like between this and the the Whoop, it it's the best on the market in terms of sleep tracking. Um, if I think if if you can't, if they're expensive. So you know, if you can't do that, Fit, Fitbit does that. It does a decent, a decent job. job. Yeah. You really yeah, try to ballpark with it. Yeah, I would say it's a ballpark and you get at least an idea.
1: And I think most people say they get, you know, eight hours of sleep. But usually when they say they get eight hours of sleep, that's how much time they're in bed. Um, you wake up multiple, not only does it take you time to fall asleep, you wake up multiple times throughout the night um, that you don't realize where your brain is actually awake for a short period of time. So, um, these trackers, the woof, the or the Fitbit even will show you throughout the night when you, you have woken up and just gives you a ballpark on how much you're actually getting. So it helps you find where in that seven to nine range is kind of optimal for you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about like some recommendations for,
0: for getting started. There are so many things that impact your sleep, but there are a couple things that we have tried that we found has helped us. Yes. So you want to talk a little bit about
1: what has worked for you? Yeah. So things, I guess the two things that has helped my sleep, not only just noticing like how I feel when I wake up, but also just based upon the data on what I see on my tracking, the two things that have helped me the most is the temperature of the room and the, the brightness of the room. So the room, our bedroom is, has two big windows. And it's outside of the windows is a sidewalk aligned with street with with lights on the sidewalk. And it used to be very bright in our room because we just had normal curtains. A lot of that brightness came in Mm. and I just could not sleep well. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night and the light would be shining my eyes and be hard to fall back asleep or just to fall asleep in the first place would be difficult. So we got blackout curtains, um, which get rid of most of the light some comes through still but a majority of the light is is blocked out and then with all that light being blocked out you notice the lights are like led lights shining a lot brighter now so like the on your fire alarm or on your phone charger or uh, yeah if you have your router and printer in your room those are there's multiple lights on those mm-hmm. so i went and covered all of those up with like little is tape cover up those lights so they don't shine? I mean, it seems so minor, but it really does make a difference. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, even though it's not shining bright like in your eye, like a window, it's still light that is, that is hit. I mean, it's yeah. light hitting you. Yes.
1: And I mean, light is triggers your brain to tell you it's time to get up, it's time to be awake, it's time to be active. Um, and when the light, when the sun sets, when the lights dim, it's triggering your brain, it's time to, it's time to wind down. Um, it's time to go to bed. It's triggering your circadian rhythm. So when you have lights in your room, when you're supposed to be sleeping, it's, it's confusing for your brain and it throws it off and throws off your sleep cycle. So keeping the room as dark as possible helped me the most out of anything. And then the second thing was room temperature. Um, The studies have shown that under 68 degrees is kind of the borderline of what you want to, um, what will help optimize your sleep and increase your, your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep is sub 68 degrees. Uh, I think the range is like 62 to 68, somewhere in there. Keep it your bedroom at that temperature. So It's pretty cold. I mean, most yeah. people don't keep their... No, it's cold and it cold. can be expensive depending on your setup. Um Yeah. So, during the summer, I don't keep it that cold just because the AC would be running all night. Um But during the winter, during the fall, we'll either keep the windows open or not, not turn the heat on. Like in the winter, sometimes we'll just keep the heat off to keep the room cool. and. Yeah, especially with um, a lot of mattresses these days, especially mattresses like that you ship to your house. Most are made with foam now, kind of the spring mattress is kind of starting to fade away. Um, But foam can uh, hold heat much better. Now, there are certain types of foam that they've designed to where it keeps you supposedly cooler. Mm -hmm. But many of the foam mattresses hold and retain that heat much more than spring mattresses. So uh, it's, it's even more important if you have a, a foam mattress to make sure that your external temperatures are, are below that 68. Um, and that's, that's helped me immensely just falling asleep, staying asleep throughout the whole night. Cause before that I'd wake up, you know, sweating in the middle of the night and then it's, it's oh, yeah. hard to fall back asleep afterwards. Yeah.
0: I've heard that from a lot of people, sleep temperature. Um, and, and if you can't keep your air that cool, there's something called a chili pad, And it actually, you put it under your sheet and it's, it's pad that has like wires through it. I think that run cold water and you can, the newer ones you can set from like 50 degrees to up to like 100 degrees. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've heard so many good things. People ramping up their deep sleep from, from using it. It's expensive though. It's, I mean, to get a two person one where you can set different temperatures for a king bed, it's like 1500 bucks. That's insane. So got to save, save the pennies for those. But, um, yeah. Okay. So sleep temperature. I mean, I haven't gotten it that cold. But something that has really helped me is uh, something very simple is just limiting what I drink
1: before bed mm. and how or how close to bed I. Drink yeah, while. I get up. <laughs> I mean, I have the bladder of a <laughs> squirrel, so I, I get up yeah. like on I, everyone once a night, like every night. I always get up once, but sometimes two. But I noticed I've tried that cutting out my water. Like if I do like two hours before bed, usually I can usually get through the night and I'm, I don't wake up at all. Yes, yeah, same
0: here. I was getting up like because I, I would work out and then I would dinner and then I would drink a huge yeti of water and then I would get up and pee like twice. Mm-hmm. And so that would just disrupt my sleep cycles and my sleep efficiency would be bad. So yeah, I tried cutting out water two hours before bed. So if I'm going to get in bed at nine, I, I try not to drink after seven, which I, yeah. I mean, it's hard, especially after you work out. But yeah, you have that, to
1: just try to stay hydrated throughout the day.
0: Yeah, um, that's the key.
1: Yeah. Because if you like if you don't drink during the whole day and then you work out, you don't want to just chug a bunch of water there. Yeah. Try like I mean, just throughout the morning, throughout the day, just drink water during then and just yeah. stay hydrated throughout the whole day rather than kind of taking it all in right before bed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that has helped me like wake up feeling more rested because mm-hmm. my sleep wasn't disrupted.
1: And then you do the same for food. Do you limit food before bed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Typically, um, I mean, I've been doing this eight to four intermittent fasting. So, eight. I mean, I don't okay. even eat. Well, so, eight, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m.
1: You eat eight to 4
0: p.m.? Yeah. Okay. So, I don't eat after 4 p.m. Okay. I mean, I don't do that every day, but yeah. Yeah. So those days I don't. And then, uh, if I, I try to limit like big meals before bed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you eat, I mean, your body has to process that food. It has to go through the digestive process. So if you eat a big meal, um, your body is sleeping, but it's also working to digest and you, you, it's, it's good to have the whole digestive process as far along as possible before falling asleep. That way your body can focus on the recovery and the restoration rather than focusing on trying to process this food through your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Another thing that has really helped me is, I mean, you mentioned, uh, light. So for me, it's, you know, not playing on my phone before bed, blue light, blue light. So, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, well I use that night shift on, on the iPhone that you still, a lot of blue light is getting through. That does not block it out. But what you can do, I think if you go into general, uh, accessibility, display accommodations, you can turn on a, a tint and it mm, yes. it puts this red filter over the phone. And it's very red, so it's hard to see some things. But that eliminates all blue light. So if for some reason I'm on my phone before bed, which again, that's another thing. I try to cut off the phone like an hour before bed. Um, I noticed that, that
1: that helps me a lot. Yeah. I do something somewhat similar with the TV. So I try, I still try not to do like Netflix before bed, but if we're, I mean, on like a Friday night, we'll watch a movie or something like that late, later in the evening. Um, and you can't, you don't want to filter the color, but there's auto, most TVs now have auto dimming. So when the room is completely dark the TV will dim itself to as dim as possible. Um, just so you're not getting that bright, bright led. I notice that makes a difference. It's, um, it just makes it's, it's much easier on the eyes right before you fall asleep. So auto auto brightness on, on the TV. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. Another thing that helped me, um, cause what I realized is that I was waking up in the middle of the night with, uh, thinking about my to do's a couple ways to deal with that. Number one, just meditating before bed, reminding myself the day's over. It's time to rest, put everything else for tomorrow. You know, we'll deal with that when it comes. Um, so that, that has helped. The Oura Ring has a nice uh, app uh, or a nice meditation guide that walks you through getting ready for sleep. And then personally for me, I know everybody can't do this, but it's just taking care of my emails uh, at the end of the workday, not right before bed, but when I'm wrapping up the workday, take an hour, respond to those emails, because that was the one thing that was like, keeping me up. Like, oh, I forgot to respond to this person. And I would start thinking of what I need to respond to them. So as, as much as I can, take care of those emails so it's not in my mind
1: uh, while I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, uh, meditation is something I I did during our busy season. So I would always so during this I started that this year in January. So like the first few weeks I was not falling asleep. I was I mean when you're working for sixteen hours a day and you're you come home at you know twelve o'clock at night you, you know, shovel down food and try to fall asleep so you can get some sleep. You're that, I mean, everything's just focused on your mind. You've been working for 16 Mm -hmm. hours, putting information in, and it's hard to get that out. So, um, I was sleeping terribly. So I, I started doing meditation. Um, I use the, um, what's the app called? Not calm. There's headspace, headspace. Yes. Headspace. So I did that. Um, and, for about a week or two, it wasn't really helping it. it meditation is, it, it takes practice. It takes work. It's not, um, simple to do, but after about a week and a half, two weeks, I mean, it was honestly like life changing for me. Cause I, I was able to shut my brain off, shut that activity off. Um, shut kind of the anxieties and stresses off from the previous day and, um, just sleep well, sleep calmly. Um, cause yeah. I knew I wouldn't eat a lot of sleep. So I wanted to, the sleep that I would get to be very good quality so meditating before bed was was huge during a stressful time in my life
0: yeah yeah that's so important uh making sure that the sleep you do get is of quality Mm -hmm. um uh okay one one more thing kind of related to the light and you had mentioned blackout curtains we don't have blackout curtains um maybe that's not an option for everybody Very simple tool to help with that is a sleep mask. There's one called the Mindfold. You can get on Amazon, I think, for like 15 bucks. It doesn't press down on your eyeballs, which is why I've always hated sleep masks, but it goes around your eyes, completely blacks out everything. Makes it a little tricky if you're uh, you're a side sleeper, sleep on your stomach, Um, but if you sleep on your back, it's perfect, Uh, perfect for naps, sleeping on airplanes. So that's something
1: that I found really useful as well. Yeah. Um, One more thing came to mind is uh which isn't an issue for me typically but exercise before bed it's it's important not to have that strenuous activity whether whether that's physical or mental activity before bed Uh, Mm -hmm. allow yourself kind of an evening routine an evening wind down so don't be working out at nine o'clock and then trying to go to bed at 10 o'clock yeah because your your adrenaline
0: is kind of pumped up yes um well, I mean, there is one physical activity that actually helps with sleep. Good old fashioned love making. That is true. That has been shown um, to increase Yeah, it reduces sleep. your stress, reduces your cortisol levels, yeah. can help with uh, increase your non sleep deprivation, sleep latency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, typically if you're falling asleep within a minute means you might be sleep deprived. But I mean, if you can increase your melatonin levels like with the light and then you know, having an intimate moment with the spouse <laughs> reduce those cortisol levels. Boom, out like a light. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. I mean, just uh, nature's nature's gift to man, and um, it is, it truly is many benefits, including benefits on sleep. Absolutely.
0: Um, those are, that's everything that I've uh, that I've used. Uh, there's still a lot more out there. Uh, a lot of cool gadgets, and uh, you know ways to co- combat things that prevent us from getting
1: good sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, big things is keep the room dark. Um, no, no light in there. Keep the room cool. Try to keep it between, I just uh, under 68. That's kind of the, the, the level you want to keep it under 68 limit water, food before bed, limit exercise before bed, um, and limit blue light, especially from your phone, from your TV before bed. And, first shoot for seven to nine hours you know and cater that to you specifically that's a that's a general guideline figure out through testing um with yourself uh and you know seven day 14 day increments on sleep times and find out what in that range of seven to nine hours works best for you specifically yep good advice all All right right. Um, all right man we'll catch you later
0: yep sweet dreams